Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. Really taking you around the world, we're going to go all the way to Ukraine and get a report from Zach Clinton. Zach, it's the middle of the night where you are. I think it's 3 or 4 a.m. Or, or something. I'm not sure exactly what time it is. Uh, Zach, you, you tell, tell, take the first 30 seconds and tell who you are, what you do, and then jump right in and tell us about your travels in Ukraine and what you've experienced there. And then you have a, you have a, a Ukrainian pastor friend behind you that we're excited to meet too. Zach, welcome to the World Prayer Network. Talk to us. Amen. Thank you, uh, Jim, Garlo, and the rest of the team. And I've personally been blessed by hearing all these updates. I mean, this really is um, a network of Holy Spirit watchmen uh, on the wall here. So I'm reporting from Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, we'll go ahead and make sure we get this in the shot right here. I am also here with uh, Pastor Eugene, whom I'll introduce in uh, briefly in a moment. My name is Zach Linton. I'm an evangelist. I met uh, Jim Garlow. It's a kind of a neat story back in 2008 in San Francisco during the um, battle over biblical marriage uh, that is, of course, still raging to this very moment. And so he and I uh, became friends and we kind of kept in touch here and there over the years. And I reconnected with him again recently. So uh, I run a ministry called Overflow Ministries. Uh, really, the heartbeat of it is to bring Jesus Christ to the nation. So I've spoken everywhere from the uh, university campus of uh, UC Berkeley in California to um, the nations of Africa, India. I've been to Taiwan and many other nations around the world. So uh, now I'm in the Ukraine, and I will tell you guys a little bit about that. Did you have any any other specific questions for me before I get started with that, Jim? No, go for it. We're eager to hear what it's like and how are you able to travel around and how how safe is it to travel in the country right now? We're, and the fighting, as I understand, is mainly over the east or south. So give us an overview. Yeah, so uh, just to, I guess, um, give you guys a table of contents. I'm going to take just a couple minutes and really explain what I would call the God journey or the Holy Spirit journey of how I even got here. I'll take probably three to four minutes to talk about that. Uh, then I'll talk about some of the cities I've been to and where we're still planning to go. And, uh, and then I'll probably take the last section to just talk about really some of the pastors, the churches, the state of believers, as well as the general state of the country. And then we'll transition into prayer. Um, so about two months ago, I mean, again, the whole world knows that there's a war in Ukraine, as Jim mentioned at the beginning of this call, um, it was big news for the first couple of months. And just like any news cycle, I mean, it eventually kind of simmers down and it's still going on, but people are kind of like been there and done that. And uh, that's a bit of a generalization, but I'm sure now that it's three to three and a half months in, it's not uh, on everybody's mind first thing in the morning when they wake up. But nevertheless, about two months ago, uh, this was, you know, maybe 60 days into the war. Uh, in the middle of, I'm sorry, so February, March. Yeah, so about actually early April, I felt uh, a real strong sense from the Holy Spirit that I needed to get out there. At the time, I didn't know a single person in the Ukraine. I called up uh, a sister in the Lord in California that I know really well, who's a part of a Russian-Ukrainian church, and I said, I need to get out to Ukraine. So she connected me up with a church in Sacramento called Flame of Fire Ministry. And by the way, they're doing an, an amazing work in uh, Ukraine and Poland with humanitarian and spiritual aid. 
So I went out there, I visited with that church, I got to meet a number of important contacts, uh, and that became God's open door for me. Uh, I also, through Jim Garlow, actually met a gentleman named Vitaly Orlov, who I've been able to contact um, a couple of times. He's part of Intercessors for Ukraine, which is a nationwide network of prayer warriors, pastors, ministry leaders that are interceding uh, for that nation and for the crises that are happening there now. Uh, so I arrived in Poland, in Krakow. The day I got there, I met a Korean pastor. This is just to show you just how God works one miracle after another. Uh, he just so happened to be there with this other group from Flame of Fire Ministry. He found out I was a missionary. He said, you know, I have a, a church in Lviv, which was the first city that I was planning to visit anyways in Ukraine. And he said, you know, I'd like to invite you to come and preach at my church. I said, that sounds great. So I literally that night got on a humanitarian bus filled with uh, food and medical supplies and, you know, shampoo and all the rest of it. And we went into Lviv at, I want to say about 10 or 11 that night, got in at two in the morning at his church. And I spent about three weeks there at that church, living with refugees, uh, preaching the word of God. And... Um, I'm now in Kiev. Uh, while I was in Lviv, I spent three weeks there. It's western part of the country. Uh, we did hear air raid sirens go off a few times. I heard explosions go off a few times in the night. Um, but my general take of the city was, other than those few incidents, you almost wouldn't know there was a war going on. I mean, the people were out and about in the city. It's a beautiful city. It's called the Little Paris of, uh, of Ukraine. And so I just enjoyed getting to know and, and sort of see that culture. Um, I got to preach in three separate churches. I got to visit an orphanage. I got to visit a, a rehabilitation center. And really everywhere I went, people were open. People were hungry for the gospel. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel on which I've been able to document a number of the things that are taking place on this mission. Uh, I got to interview a number of refugees. Uh, that was a big thing that God put on my heart for this mission was just to extend his comfort. As someone, I think, already mentioned during the Uvalde update, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that uh, we serve the God of all comfort, the God of compassion, who gives us comfort so that we may also extend that comfort to others who are grieving and who are in tribulation. Uh, and so that, that scripture, in addition to Matthew 25, where Jesus talks about the sheep and the goats, he talks about those who saw the hurting, the hungry, the sick. The, the wounded, the, the naked, and they did something about it versus those who ignored it. I just felt uh, prophetically like we as the church of America and really of the world, we can't stand on the sidelines while this is happening to Ukraine. You know, we have to pray. We have to give financially. Some of us are called by the Lord to physically go like I've been able to do. And so, um, you know, in some of the refugees that I've met, I've met refugees from a city called Kharkiv or Kharkiv, which is very much in the east. Um, if anyone who's been paying attention to the news, that city was under heavy assault, heavy shelling. Uh, I've met people from there who were there uh, and they fled to Lviv. I've met people from the city of Kiev. I met uh, and interviewed a family from Severodonetsk, which is now kind of at the ground zero of the Donbass, which is the eastern fighting. Uh, so anyway, like I said, for the sake of time, I wish I could share for an hour with much detail, but uh, these people have been shocked. They've been traumatized. Uh, many of them are just happy to be alive. And what I see God doing in the middle of the war is um, just reminding people of what's truly important. 
Many of the refugees that I've spoken with said before they were not so interested in God, especially the younger generation. Uh, when I say younger, I mean probably 30 years old and under. I'm kind of right in between. I'm, I'm about at the 40 mark. And so uh, a lot of these people, um, you know, secularization is sweeping across young people really globally. But they said that, you know, because of this war, they've been much more open to spiritual things and open to God. Um, I'll give you guys two praise reports. So one young man was a young man named Oleksi, and he was from Kharkiv. He's uh, a Russian speaker. Most just for anyone who doesn't know some of the history of Ukraine, most of the eastern part of the country speaks heavily Russian. You know, Ukrainian is the official national language, but in the eastern part, a lot of people, Russian and Ukrainian is spoken, and Russian is actually more of the dominant language. So he's a Russian-speaking uh, Ukrainian who fled from Kharkiv. And I was able to interview him, hear about his story, and actually wound up having the privilege to lead him to Jesus Christ during that interview. So we give God the glory for that. Uh, and he actually is with me right now in Kiev. This guy has jumped in headfirst into the waters of baptism, into the waters of the things of God, into following Christ. And he didn't just want to sit in Lviv. So he decided to come on this missionary journey with me to Kiev, and we'll be visiting some other nations. So that's one testimony. Another one is we saw, I've seen a number of supernatural healings. Uh, God healed a young girl at a church service uh, in Lviv, literally the very first church service that I was able to minister at. Uh, there was a woman there with a young girl who had one leg that was shorter than the other. She'd been through multiple surgeries to try and correct that, but she still lived with pain. She still couldn't walk correctly. I was sharing a testimony from Nicaragua that took place over a year ago, last time I was in Central America preaching the gospel about a young child that had received a, a healing who was crippled in his legs. And so she brought her daughter up. Her daughter's name is Masha. And she said, you know what? My daughter has the same condition of the child who was healed in Nicaragua. Would you pray for her? And so I just prayed a simple prayer in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ healed this young girl. She was she testified to all her pain leaving, to her leg feeling completely normal after that. Uh, and I was able to interview her and her family uh, later after the fact. So some of those interviews are on my YouTube channel. Um, so just with the last few minutes we have, um, I want to introduce Pastor Eugene. I want to pray and have him pray as well. I would say the general state of the nation is obviously they're still fighting in the east. Most of the middle to the western part of the country is okay right now. Uh, there have been refugees that have fled out of the country. There are many refugees in Lviv. Uh, there are not so many here in the capital city of Kiev, but I felt it was important to get here to pray and to intercede for this nation as a whole, as well as to minister the gospel to any open doors that I was able to, to see, to, for God to open. Uh, I, I'm still believing that somehow I'm going to get the opportunity to um, pray for the president. Uh, I'm believing that somehow a miraculous door will open there. And after this city of Kiev, we're going to make it to Kharkiv and to a city called Dnipro. That's D-N-I-P-R-O for anyone who wants to Google Maps that. So please keep me and the team in prayer. Uh, Pastor Eugene is going to come with me. Kharkiv is actually dangerous. There is still active shelling going on there. It's not as bad as it was a few weeks ago, uh, but it's still dangerous. And so we're going to go there to strengthen the church, strengthen the believers, pray and preach the gospel to the refugees and bring some humanitarian aid there. Um, how can we pray for Ukraine? Obviously for the peace of Ukraine. I think the bigger thing here 
uh, is that God is working good in the middle of this war. You know, it's kind of like in the book of Acts. I was sharing with another pastor named Pastor Dima, and he said, you know, in the book of Acts, after the stoning of Stephen, they, uh, as much as that obviously is a horrible thing on the one hand, God was glorified through that, you know, um, and it caused the church to actually spread globally. The church that was mostly concentrated in Jerusalem and Israel began to spread all over the earth. And this pastor said, you know, I prophetically sense that this war is kind of like that. There are many believers who have left the nations and who are now in European nations that we believe they're going to carry the gospel. Uh, and this has really activated the church within the Ukraine like never before. And so from what I've seen from pastors and churches in my limited time here so far, there is a pretty good unity among at least Protestant denominations. Uh, I've met Presbyterian, Baptist, Pentecostal, all kinds of different leaders and ministries, and they've been very receptive to me. And from what I can see, they're all working together for the gospel. So with the last couple minutes, I'd like to introduce Pastor Eugene. I'd like to pray briefly and also have him pray in his native tongue. Was there any last question or comment you wanted to make, uh, Jim, before we transition into yeah, that? Just a few questions. Uh, is, is all the fighting right now currently, see, American news is not covering hardly all anymore because our, our news cycle, they were they got tired of it, as you indicated. And so they, they just, it's hardly mentioned anymore, tragically. Um, the fighting is all just over in the eastern portion. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, basically, the city of Odessa is a key uh, military port. Uh, it's like a naval port, kind of like San Diego. Um, and Russia wants that because if they can capture Odessa, they control the entire sea line that so Ukraine down, has. Now in the south, uh, you're saying. That's in the south. So that's a prayer point for anyone who's really interested in continuing to pray for the, the nation long term. Um, they did capture Mariupol, which was a key strategic mm -hmm. port city which is not good news. Uh, I think the Ukrainian fighters put up an amazingly courageous, tremendous fight there. I mean, I was inspired how long they were able to hold out, but unfortunately that's now been overrun by Russia. Um, I think at this point, Kyiv and most of the Western part of the country is not on their radar. I think Russia is losing some steam, although we don't wanna underestimate them either. Most of the fighting is in the East. Right now, Kharkiv, uh, the Ukrainian forces have been able to push back the Russian occupiers who were in some of the surrounding villages and towns trying to uh, penetrate the city, but they've not only been able to stop them from taking Kharkiv, but they've pushed them all the way back to Russia. So praise God for that. However, uh, Kharkiv is only about 20 miles from the Russian border. So just to give you a visual, um, that's like San Diego to Tijuana, practically. I mean, it's like they're still shooting rockets at the city. They're still trying to shell the city. So it is very much not completely safe there. Uh, but yeah, most of the fighting is in the East and it could be a long and protracted bloody war. We don't really know. Uh, and obviously if Putin dies or gets ousted from power, that's going to shift the whole power structure. And it'll be interesting to see how that may affect Russia's position. But at this point, they're still digging in their heels. From what I know from the Ukrainian people, they don't want to give in any of this territory. They very much believe. And I agree with them that this is their land, that this is a completely illegitimate a fabricated war. Um, you know, Putin is saying things like there are Nazis and we're here to, to denazify this government and to liberate these, these regions. That would be like Mexico declaring, you know, that Texas is an independent region and they're going to go in there with their army and liberate Texas from the United States. I mean, that's basically what Putin is trying to do to certain aspects of the country. So uh, hopefully that answers a little bit more about the active fighting. 
from Kiev, from Kiev West, are there um, people returning to their homes, coming back into the country? You know, I have heard that there's a little bit of that taking place. And my, this is just my sense personally, that over time, uh, we'll start to see a trickle of that. You know, I think we're in a different phase now where the initial shock and awe, so to speak, that Russia was hoping to attend, uh, to, to accomplish kind of blundered. They sort of fumbled the football on that one. They weren't able to cross uh, into the touchdown zone and take over the country quickly like they had anticipated. So I think it's going to be more of a long and bloody kind of incremental battle back and forth in the East. And I think once people feel like it's reasonably safe to return, they will, at least some of them will. Uh, and I'm going to say this last thing before we transition into prayer, unless you want to ask more questions. You know, Israel uh, is obviously a, big, a country that's dear to any believer's heart, I would hope, but certainly to the Garlos and to many of their connections. Israel lives under the constant threat of rockets, of bombs, of Hamas, of Iran, of all these other nations that are hostile. And one of the pastors here in Ukraine said, I feel like we're in a different phase now where the initial part of the war, the shock of it, the disbelief almost that this is really happening to our country has now passed. Some people are grieving for family members, children, uh, cities that have been occupied, people who have been killed. But he said, we're now in a different phase of the war where it's kind of like Israel, where people have accepted that at any moment, a bomb could go off, a rocket could hit our building, uh, you know, some new attack could take place, but we can't allow that to stop us from living life, from continuing forward as a nation. So I think that sums it up pretty well where kind of the spirit of the nation is at at this time. Have you seen, uh, do you have any sense of the number, total number of military casualties and civilian casualties? You may not know those off the top of your head. And then have, yeah. you, have you seen, have you seen uh, a great deal of the actual devastation, the pictures we've seen of cities just completely obliterated? Yeah, so it's funny you should say that. A, a couple days ago, I visited a, an apartment complex uh, in Kiev, where we're, we still are, that was hit by, uh, not directly by a rocket, it was actually hit by the shrapnel of a rocket that was intercepted by a Ukrainian Defense Force missile. So Russia had fired a cruise missile at uh, Kiev, they were able to intercept it with a missile, but just the, the falling, almost like parts of a meteorite, if you want to think of it that way, from this, this cruise missile slammed into an apartment building, took out um, a number of, uh, ripped, ripped the sides off of a number of apartments. People died in that. It knocked out windows as far away as a couple hundred yards from the site of the impact. And I just think, my God, if that's what the leftovers of a missile did, how bad would it have been if the actual cruise missile had hit its intended target and detonated? Uh, and so that was pretty shocking. I got to see that firsthand. I was able to get that on video. And again, I, that's, that video is on my channel. Tomorrow, I will be visiting Bucha and Irpin with Pastor Eugene. We're going to go there directly. We're going to pray. So probably within the next few days, I'll have some firsthand video footage of the actual devastation that took place in those towns. And Bucha and Irpin, for anyone who's unfamiliar, are the outlying suburbs around the main capital city of Kiev that are probably 10, 15 kilometers away that were literally just absolutely destroyed. I want to say 70, 80 percent. Uh, from what I've heard of most of the infrastructure in the buildings was just obliterated. And so we don't know, I mean, it's going to be many years before those, those towns are rebuilt. And so that's kind of the ground zero of 
uh, and there were many war crimes investigations that uh, have been taking place from what people saw happened in those regions against civilians in particular. I'm sure Ukrainians are thankful for the help they got from the U.S., but where it applies, as you represent us there, Zach, we're needed. Apologize and ask forgiveness for those Ukrainians for the botched up job that our current administration did and how slow they were to respond, heartbreakingly slow, uh, as if to intentionally prolong this war, which is the view of some people for globalist purposes. I don't know all the inner workings on this, but I have very, very great grief over the way our government has treated Ukraine in this process. Too little, too late, too much of the time. I'm not saying that for political reasons, but where you can apply the salve of the Holy Spirit to people who feel yeah. wounded by our country, uh, please yeah. do that. And I would like to introduce Pastor Eugene and just take a couple of minutes to pray as we transition yeah. out of our time here. But yeah. you know, I, I wanna just say this to anyone watching, um, who may not know the gospel, and I know that's maybe a small percentage, but just in case anyone doesn't, I want to share 30 seconds with you. And I want to tell you all, believer and non-believer, that God is working in Ukraine. I want you to be encouraged in your spirit. Uh, we, we know from the scripture, anyone who studied Genesis to Revelation, that we win in the end. The church wins. Jesus Christ has already won. And as it says in 1 John, this world and the desires thereof are passing away, but the man who does the will of God will abide forever. And so if you're somehow watching this right now, um, the people of Ukraine, despite the pain, the tragedy, they're finding hope in Jesus Christ. The church of God is arising in Ukraine, like in a powerful way. Uh, and the message of the gospel is simple, that we've been separated from God by our sins. Uh, no one can say that he or she is righteous of their own merit. We can't do enough good works. We can't meditate enough. We can't save the whales enough. We can't try to be a good person enough to earn heaven. Uh, there's only one who's perfect, and that's God's son, Jesus Christ. And because of God's love for us, he went, he sent his son, Jesus, to the earth to suffer the same way that the Ukrainian people are suffering, the same way that the people of Uvalde are suffering, the same way that people around the world, whether it be losing a loved one, whether it be rejection, whether it be poverty, whether it be any of the ills that we face as humankind, Jesus faced all of those uh, and the Bible says he carried our sorrows, that by his stripes we are healed, that he was pierced for our transgressions. So he went to the cross for us, the Bible says, and he died in my place and he died in yours. But the good news is he rose again on the third day. And if you will just pray a simple prayer, inviting him to be your Lord and your Savior, confessing your sins, the Bible says you will be saved. You can just say this, say, Father, I come to you as a sinner in need of your mercy. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and that he rose from the grave. And I invite you, Jesus, now to be my Lord and my Savior. Save me. Make me your child. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God and encourage you to find a Bible-believing, spirit-filled church near you. Please contact World Prayer Network if you need more resources in that regard. Uh, let me just take two more minutes and we will conclude. I want to introduce Pastor Eugene to you. Uh, this is Pastor Eugene. He is a pastor of a church in Lviv. Uh, he and I met recently, and I'm going to have him uh, just pray with us. He's going to pray in Ukrainian, but he's just been an incredible friend. Um, he has a wife and two children who are currently in Portugal, but they are planning to come back in a couple of weeks sort of as a 
testimony to some of what Jim was asking about. Are people returning yet? Are they coming back yet? They should be returning in a couple of weeks. But I met uh, Pastor Eugene when I was in Lviv. He invited me to come and minister at his church. We had an amazing service. People were touched by the spirit. People were healed. Uh, and when he heard that I was going on a missionary journey after Lviv to Kiev, to Kharkiv and some of these other cities, he said, I want to come with. So it's kind of like a, a Paul and a Silas thing going on here, which is uh, really, really fun. So um, say hello to everybody, Pastor Eugene. Hello. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And in the Ukrainian language, uh, glory to God is said this way. Slava, is, Slava Bogo means glory to God. And glory to Jesus is Slava Isusu. Slava Isusu. Slava Isusu yeah. So let's just take one minute and pray. I'm just going to pray for 30 seconds to a minute. And then I'm going to have uh, Pastor Eugene pray for us as well. And again, we appreciate being with you on the World Prayer Network. I wish we had hours and hours because there's so much more that I wish I could share. Um, but thank you for tuning in. If you are interested in any of the testimonies on my YouTube channel, you can go to ZachLinton.com. That's Z-A-C-L-I-N-T-O-N.com. It'll take you to the YouTube channel. Uh, so let's pray. Father God, we thank you right now for the nation of Ukraine. Lord, we thank you that, uh, Lord, somehow miraculously this nation is still standing, even though many people did not believe it was possible when Russia first invaded and God, just like you were with David against Goliath, just like you were with uh, Joshua and the people of Israel against Jericho and against un unthinkable odds, and just like you were with uh, the disciples in the early church, I know that you are here working in this nation. Father, we pray first and foremost for you to be glorified in this nation, for you to comfort those who have lost children, uh, soldiers, uh, brothers, sisters, uh, husbands, fathers in this war, Lord. God, we pray for the nations of the world to be your instruments to supply what Ukraine needs to fight back against this evil. And Lord, I pray for salvation to sweep over this nation from the east to the west. And Lord, even for Russia, God, we pray that that nation would experience a revival, a movement of your spirit, Lord, that somehow you would uh, overturn the forces of evil that are dominating that nation, that are opposed to the gospel, that are propagating this violence and this, uh, this suffering. And that, Lord, you would open doors, not just in Ukraine, but in Russia to your gospel in the years ahead. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Okay, please pray. Hallelujah. Господь, на крилах молитви Божої, я прошу Тебе, Господь, в ім'я Ісуса Христа. Господи, торкнися, Господи, сьогодні до України, торкнися до нашої держави Твоєю міцною рукою Божою, Господь. Нехай Твоя Божа благодать, Боже, сьогодні зійде на всю нашу країну, на весь наш народ, Господь. Ти нам потрібен, Ісус. Ми нічого не можемо без Тебе, Господь. Ми визнаємо, Боже, що без Тебе ми не можемо нічого. Боже, в ці, в ці часи, в цей, в цей тривожний час, Господи, відкривай серця людей Духом Святим, Господь. Нехай, Господи, кожен, хто сьогодні, Боже, потерпає, кожен, хто сьогодні в біді, кожен, хто сьогодні переховується, Господи, кожен, хто сьогодні ховається від війни, Господь. Нехай відкриє своє серце для Тебе, Ісус. Нехай Твій святий Божий Дух, Боже, торкнеться сьогодні. Нехай кожен, Господи, хто сьогодні не має надії, не має 
жодного, жодного шансу, Господи. Нехай ці люди, Боже, вони відкриють свої серця для Тебе, Господь. Нехай Твоя Божа благодать, Боже, зцілить кожне серце, торкнеться кожну душу, Господь. Ми молимося Тобі, Боже, за вдов та сиріт, Господь, щоб Ти, Боже, своєю міцною рукою потурбувався про них, Господь. Ми молимося Тобі, Господь, за наших воїнів, Господь, за українську армію, яка сьогодні захищає нашу країну, Господь. Даваємо надзвичайну, чудесну Твою Божю силу, Господь, щоб не своїми людськими зусиллями, не тільки з людською зброєю, Господь, но Твоєю Божою силою, Твоєю Божою благодать Господь, Твоєю Божою міцю, Господь, нам сьогодні здолати ворогів наших, Господь. Боже, ми в ім'я Ісуса Христа віримо, Господь, що Ти є Бог над усім, Господь. І навіть в цих обставинах, коли ми, може, не розуміємо, може, ми не бачимо сьогодні, Господь, ми не відчуваємо, Господь, Твоєї присутності, Твоєї сили, Господь, але ми знаємо, Боже, ми знаємо, Боже, тому що ми твердо стоїмо на слові Твоєму, Господь. Ми знаємо, що Ти не залишиш, Господі, і Ти не покинеш дітей своїх, Господь. І ми віримо і довіряємо Тобі, бо Ти наш Небесний Батько. І ми віримо твердо в Твоє Слово, Господь, що Ти сказав, Господь, що Ти не залишиш і що Ти не оставиш, Боже, кожної дитини своєї. Ми всю нашу надію і віру покладаємо на Тебе, наш Господь Ісус Христос. In name Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we love you all uh, from Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, I'm going to be leaving for Kharkiv in a few days. I'll be there for a week and then a week in Dnipro. Um, I was supposed to come back middle of June, and uh, I'm extending my journey to the middle of July. So I'll be here for probably another five or six weeks. Um, so thank you again, everyone. And glory be to God. Slava Isusu for what he is doing. Oh, Zach, thank you for that report. You really encouraged me. It's, I needed to hear that. We heard some tough reports out of Ukraine. This is encouraging to hear what you're doing there. I remember when you first contacted me, the email, saying, I want to get to Ukraine somehow. Now, I praise God you went and what you're doing. And tell Pastor Gene, we loved listening to that prayer. We were so grateful for that prayer. The only thing we ask for you, uh, Zach, please interpret it for us right now, what he just said. Okay, Zach, that, that was a joke, Zach. That was a joke. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> I'm not expecting you to, but I think... Like, I would need the Holy Spirit miracle power gift of tongue interpretation to know that because... But I will say I'm, I'm learning the language of Ukrainian. It's a beautiful language. And so we'll see how much I can learn in these uh, month and a half or so that I'm going to be here. Well, you, you're doing a great work there. Uh, send me the contact information for the, for the pastor there. We'd love to keep up with what he's doing there. Absolutely. And we want to keep following it. Your reports can be followed. ZachLinton.com. Is that correct? Yeah. Z-A-C-L-I-N-T-O-N.com. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Thank you for listening to the Well-Versed Podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.